following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington, and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. Do you pick up a Bible which uh, should be nearby? And we're going to hear from God's Word together now. And uh, please do turn to Luke chapter 8, which you'll find on page 1037. 1037. Luke chapter 8. We're going to be reading about the parable of the sower. And Babette is going to come and read that for us. And then afterwards, Seb will come and preach. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 15. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that Though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Good morning, folks. Um, My name's Seb. I'm a member of the congregation here at St. Michael's. Um, Do keep that passage open. Uh, You're going to need that. Um, If that's full and closed, find that again. And there's a handout on its way around. I see uh, various people trucking around. Um, If you're in the habit of uh, taking notes or just keeping track of where I've got to, um, then uh, do make sure you can see one of those. Why don't we pray together as we um, look at God's word? Father God, we thank you that you've given us your word in the Bible. We praise you for the way it speaks into our hearts. Please help us today to hear Jesus' voice in this passage. And we pray that you'd make us those who hear it and retain it and persevere to bearing that crop. Amen. Well, one of the key questions uh, that we should ask ourselves when we approach a passage of the Bible, a key job for the preacher, is to uh, work out what is the key message, the take-home point from uh, the story. And for some Bible passages, um, that's a tricky task. 
And uh, for others, it's um, relatively simpler. And I think this is one of the very, very easiest, uh, because right in the middle of this passage, uh, just at the end of verse 8 here, after Jesus has finished telling this story, he calls out and says what the point of the passage is. He says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So that's what this is about. This parable is about hearing, listening. You don't have to go very far in life uh, to realize that listening is one of those really key skills. Um, so I've been doing some Googling uh, about how to listen well. And there's this concept of active listening. I don't know if you've come across that. Um, active listening is basically uh, the bread and butter of uh, relationships of any kind. So if you want to manage people at work, if you're supporting your friends, you're doing your uh, marriage prep course, this is the kind of stuff uh, that you're going to be told. Um, at first, Google gave me a 20-point list of how to do active listening. Then I found 10 points, 7 points. So I whittled it down to this, 5 points uh, for active listening. So here we are, courtesy of mindtools.com. Number one, pay attention. Strong start. Two, show that you're listening. Three, provide feedback. Four, defer judgment. And five, respond appropriately. There we are. This is pretty good advice. Uh, if you want to scribble that down, um, you're very welcome to. Uh, you'll go far in life with that. And there's a lot more uh, we could say about how to listen well. But the number of it is this. Listening is not just about hearing and trying to remember what people have said. It's about engaging with a person. Active listening will affect us in some way or another. Sometimes we are simply coming away, having learned a fact, uh, or convinced that that person uh, is a bit of a maniac, and we're not going to listen to them again. Um, but a lot of the time, it's that process of active listening which is how we build relationships, how we get to understand other people, or uh, at work, how we actually just get stuff done. Listening is also one of the ways that we sometimes change our mind. Um, or sometimes we're confirmed in our existing opinions. But one way or another, listening is an active process. It'll change us, affect us. And I take it that's what will happen to us today as we listen to Jesus' words in this story. Uh, it gets called the, the parable of the sower. Parable is one of those funny Bible words. It seems only to refer um, to the stories that Jesus tells. He's um, pretty famous for them. He does a pretty good job. Um, parables are stories with a point some kind of um, uh, teaching point within them. Why does Jesus speak in parables? Well, they're pretty memorable. They're engaging. They can make complicated things a bit easier to understand. Well, uh, all those are true, but there's another dimension to it, and I think quite a surprising one. I wonder if you spotted that in this passage. Look down at, at verse 10, when Jesus explains why he speaks in parables. He says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, to the disciples, but to others I speak in parables so that though seeing they may not see and though hearing they may not understand. Part of the purpose of parables uh, is to hide or to obscure a message. Now why is that? Surely Jesus, the greatest evangelist of all time, uh, would want everybody to understand about God's kingdom. Why would he uh, obscure the message. Well, I think this brings us back to that idea of active listening. Because um, the parables are as much about challenging us as they are about teaching us. Jesus doesn't want us just to know facts about God's kingdom. He wants us to engage with them much more deeply than that. To really understand these truths and for them to affect us. It's true of this parable. It's true of uh, others in this series through the summer um, that we'll be following 
So the parables pose a challenge, and there are two outcomes described in this passage. Jesus says that some of them, uh, where is this? Uh, yeah, back in verse 10. Some people will come away uh, with the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God. Sounds pretty intriguing, doesn't it? Well, that's on offer for us today. Uh, but others will come away none the wiser. It will sound like nonsense to them. They just didn't get it. Or perhaps even they'll come away with a, an intellectual understanding, but nothing more than that, unable to perceive any deeper truth. Well, each of us can expect one of those two things today. And so Jesus poses the same challenge to all of us. Listen, hear, hear and engage. The Bible illustrates different people's responses to God's word. So um, we see that the seeds scattered across four types of soil. He tells us they represent four different types of people. All four of them hear God's word. And the difference is in how they receive it, the impact that it has on them. Now, it's worth recognizing that the primary picture in this parable is about evangelism, so people hearing God's word for the very first time. Um, and uh, in a church on a Sunday, I take it many of us um, are already Christians, familiar with God's word, and we're more like the disciples in the story. Um, for all of us alike, this, the main message is the same, that we're to listen to God's word. But there's also a dimension in which this is setting expectations for ministry, so if you imagine uh, being one of the disciples, actually just before this passage, you can see that there's a fairly small band of disciples um, following Jesus at this time. And it's the point in his ministry where the crowds are starting to gather. It looks like this thing is really building momentum. Enormous crowds there as Jesus preaches. And he takes the disciples aside to set their expectations, to let them know that many of these people, even most, are not going to follow him as disciples. But wonderfully, a few will. And we too uh, would do well to understand that that's what it's going to be like as we go about our ministry. Uh, before we get into the, the four types of soil, I've got two brief observations to make. I'm not sure, maybe these are obvious, but I feel like maybe they ought to be said. First of all, this story is about listening to Jesus, and it's not about listening to me. Um, most of us don't hear Jesus speaking with an audible voice, um, and the Sunday sermon is going to be a key way that we engage with the gospel. Um, and so it is a good idea to listen to sermons, um, but only insofar as it's helping us to engage with God's word. It's about listening to Jesus, not about listening to me. And secondly, um, all this talk about listening is meant to be inclusive and not exclusionary. It's possible you could hear this. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear, and, uh, and think that that's something uh, against those who might struggle to hear, whether that's through disability, simply speaking a different language, neurotypicality. Hearing is essentially a metaphor in this passage for all the ways that we engage with God's word. So don't hear it as exclusive. It's actually meant to be inclusive. And that's why, uh, as a church, we differentiate our teaching by age. Kids are up there and in there. That's uh, why we have a hearing loop. It's why we have live translations. It's why we've recently done an accessibility audit, because God's word is for everyone. All right, so the image is the farmer sowing seed. Uh, walking around, He's got a bucket of seed, he's throwing it across the land, and it lands in different places, and he tell, Jesus tells us uh, it's God's word being, um, being taught. Some seed lands on the path. Now, the path is packed down soil. It's where the farmer treads, and so if you imagine it's like your hard stand for parking your car on, the seed that lands there just sits there. It doesn't, can't find any shelter, totally exposed. It could be crushed, or the birds might come down uh, and eat it. We've... Um, 
uh, moved house a few months back. We we're fortunate enough to have a garden. Uh, unfortunate enough, it needed a lot of work. And so we've reseeded the lawn. And uh, with the house came two pigeons who live on, on the, the crest of the roof. And when we go out there, they flutter up there and they watch where we're putting seeds. And then as soon as we go in, out they come and they peck away at the, at the grain. Chase them away, but of course they come back. Those seeds, eaten by the birds, are never going to germinate, are they? They're never going to grow. They've never had a chance. And Jesus says uh, in verse 12 that these are those, uh, those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from our hearts so they may not believe and be saved. This is the person who never engages with God's word. They have the opportunity, they hear, but they never give it a chance. Maybe they even understand the gospel intellectually. They know what it means, but it's superficial. Their lives and their hearts haven't been affected. If you've um, been a Christian for some time, you may well have made the habit of inviting people to church. I think of a time when uh, finally persuaded a guy to come along to church after several months. Uh, he came along, and I bounded out to him after the service. Well, what do you make of it? Oh, the people were really welcoming. I think it was great. I really enjoyed it. The music was good. That was fun too. But what about the sermon, the message? What do you make of that? Oh, yeah, I thought it was probably a bit long. Or a uh, guy I invited to read the Bible. Do you want to read the Bible with me? Oh, actually, I, um, I grew up through a church school, so I already know what the Bible says. And that's it. Well, what's going on there? The seed has landed on the path. It doesn't have a chance. And the prevailing narratives of secularism and materialism and individualism and relativism and other formal religions are like an inoculation against God's word, a preconceived judgment that stops people from listening, often presents as an intellectual barrier, doesn't it? But it's interesting that Jesus doesn't see it that way. Do you see that? He said it's a spiritual problem. Now, there's a place for discussion and persuasion and repeatedly uh, exposing people to the gospel. But it's a spiritual problem. We fundamentally need to be praying, asking God to break up that path into looser soil. Well, the message for these people is to listen. Now, it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? It's because of that preconditioning, uh, that hard path. There's barely a, a nook or cranny where a little seed can settle and begin to germinate. But if that is you, then the message is to do your utmost to listen. Before that seed is snatched away, retain it as best you can. And perhaps the converse is particularly pertinent today for Evie's Thanksgiving. Uh, what a great way to, um, uh, to prevent that, that hardening of soil, that compaction of ideas. That as you um, bring Evie up uh, by your teaching and example and prayer, as you've just committed to, you're teaching her what it is to listen to Jesus. You don't need to brainwash her. You're simply showing her what it means to listen to, to really listen to Jesus and uh, to engage for herself. What a great start that'll be in her life. Well, some seed fell on the rocky soil. When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. The rocky soil provides just enough shelter for the seeds to settle and to begin to grow, to germinate. But it's pretty poor quality soil. And so uh, they can't put down proper roots. And when the summer sun burns, they wither and they die. Um, it's hard to believe, but back in June, we did actually have some sunshine. I think that was about what we're getting for the summer. 
And um, because we just moved house, we put in loads of seedlings. And you know how it is with seedlings, you get them from the garden center in the pot, and it's kind of a little root ball, and so you pop them in the ground. And the idea is that their roots uh, will grow and develop before uh, the heat of summer, where summer came a little bit early. And so every morning, I would dash out with the hose and give them all a good dousing. And then through the heat of the day, you could watch them visibly wilting hour by hour because they had such small roots. And then as soon as the sun got down below the fence, uh, I would dash out again with the hose and try and revive them, uh, ready for another round the next day. Plants wither without deep roots. And Jesus says in verse 13, this is like people who receive the word with joy when they hear it. They have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. It's tragic to see, but it does happen that we see Christians who fall away in times of testing. And they come in all different forms, don't they? To all sorts of Christians, different intensities, different kinds of testing, whether that's ill health or uh, terrible circumstances, shattered families, war, it's a sobering reality, or just the daily grind of living out our Christian commitments in a hostile world. Sometimes the times of testing are unbearable. Don't think of the UK in June. Think of July in Italy and in Greece. That heat wave, consecutive days, 40, 45 degrees, unbearable heat. But have you noticed that in uh, well, the bits that aren't on fire in uh, Italy and Greece, there are still trees there. Think of the olive trees that have survived countless generations. How are they still there through the relentless heat? It's because they have deep roots. The Christian in whom the gospel has deep roots is the one whose life is conformed to the gospel. They have an informed faith in God's word, lived experience of his faithfulness. They're part of a, a local Christian community deeply embedded. That takes time. It takes deliberate investment of lives and resources. Roots are best grown uh, before they're needed. So if you have shallow roots, take the time to invest in deeper roots. Don't delay. It's worth saying uh, that if you are going through really tough times right now, maybe this uh, is not the best time for introspection. Um, now is the time actually to be looking to God and to be looking to, uh, to be developing our trust in him. And it's not in this passage, but it's also the time for us as a community uh, to, be, to be supporting one another. And over the last few years, I've seen wonderful examples of that here at St. Michael's. But if you're here with shallow roots, uh, dig deeper roots um, by investing uh, in that. And it all starts with listening to God's word, because that's the way that these roots develop. Um, I've spoken of those for whom the time of testing is uh, intense, that relentless heat. But for others, I think Jesus uh, also has in mind people for whom it's the simple cost of discipleship that causes them to fall away. Uh, I think of a, a friend at university who agreed to read the Bible with me, and for some weeks uh, we met up and read the Bible, and uh, he seemed to be really excited about it, keen to learn more, enjoying it, uh, enjoying hanging out with Christians. But it wasn't very long before he discovered that uh, Jesus demanded um, that he change. The gospel was threatening to change him. And he very quickly lost interest and dropped away. You see, there were habits, priorities in his life, like rocks in the soil, that were preventing, uh, preventing growth. That kind of superficial engagement with God's word uh, is not enough. At, um, at the kids' school, they, they talk about whole body listening. There are posters up on the wall 
whole body listening. It basically just means sit still when the teacher's talking uh, at its worst. At its best, it's about active listening. It's about really engaging with what's said. And I think, um, I think we can extend it, not just whole body listening, but whole mind listening and whole heart listening and whole will listening. That's what it takes as we engage with God's word. Well, the third type, some seeds uh, fell among thorns. The seed on this soil germinates, and it grows, and it looks like a healthy plant, but growing up next to it, there's something else, a weed. Now, in our garden, which you can tell is doing basically all the heavy lifting in this sermon, we've got a running battle with bindweed. You familiar with this plant? It grows up incredibly quickly in just a matter of a few days. Um, impossible to get rid of. And it grows up next to a plant and begins to wrap itself around it, and it has these big shady leaves, and it collects all the light, and it strangles the plant underneath, which chokes. And Jesus says in verse 14, the seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. They do not mature. Life's worries um, of an everyday reality, aren't they? Uh, for some of us, that's um, specific anxieties or depression. But for others, it's, it's the worry for the future, for our own future, the future of our children, maybe the future of our world or our nation. And Jesus is not saying that we, we as Christians won't struggle with those things. Indeed, we're to expect them. The real question is about our response to them. Will they choke out the gospel in our lives? Or will they instead cause us to grow in dependence on him? It's not just worries, is it? Jesus also says the riches and the pleasures can stop us reaching maturity in God's word. And there's so much to enjoy in the world, isn't there? And God intends it that way. Particularly in uh, southwest London, there were so many opportunities for wealth and for pleasure. And it's right, of course, uh, that we work diligently to provide for ourselves and for our families. And indeed, the, the Bible has strong words against idleness. But Jesus is warning here against the dangers of wealth and pleasure. When our pursuit of a comfortable lifestyle or immoral pleasures can stunt our growth in the gospel. I think they do it in two ways. The first way is that um, pursuit of wealth and pleasure can occupy our headspace. The things that we care about, the things that we think about all the time. And they can crowd out the gospel, crowd out Jesus' words. But wealth and pleasures uh, can also um, have a second effect, a more structural effect. The way that they impact the decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis. With really practical consequences. So on a sunny Sunday morning, are we in the park? Or are we at church uh, for teaching of God's word, or when a job opportunity comes up that's going to take us abroad or to another area, are we guided by whether the local church there will help, um, help us grow in our faith? Or maybe conversely, uh, as uh, interest rates rise, uh, inflationary pressures, and there are difficult choices to make, are we going to prioritize our own comfort, or will we take that opportunity to grow in sacrificial generosity? Worries, wealth, and pleasure, all of them can stop us growing to maturity. The message is the same. Listen. Because it's by engaging with God's word that we will grow in maturity, in that humble dependence on God for our present satisfaction, but also for our future hope. Finally, some seed falls on good soil. Rich, earthy soil, free from rocks, free from the weeds, um, and it thrives, and it bears a crop a hundred times what was sown. The, uh, the plant in this parable is wheat, 
And I've actually only seen wheat grow in one place in Teddington, which suggests that there's only one bit of good soil to be found. Uh, interestingly, it's on Walpole Place, down by the primary school. It's a very small plot. Uh, it's about this big. It's got tarmac on three sides and a very scrubby hedge behind it. And for some reason, there have been three stalks of wheat growing up there. It's on the way to school. We've been watching it for some weeks. And uh, it feels like a very apt metaphor. It's wonderful to see uh, that wheat growing and uh, reaching maturity. I went out there um, to take a photograph of it um, a week or so ago, but it's gone. It looks like someone's harvested it. I think they got it a little bit early, which is a shame. Jesus says the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. All four soils hear the word. But this good soil doesn't just hear, they retain it. They let the gospel dwell in their hearts and in their minds. They're thinking it over. They're talking it through. And they're allowing it to permeate their lives, growing deep roots, forming their habits, and guiding their choices. So that when the time of testing comes, that hot sun, or when they're surrounded by worries, wealth, and pleasure, the weeds, God's word is so deeply rooted in their lives that they persevere. They bear the costs of discipleship, relying on God in prayerful dependence. And they mature as Christians. They bear a crop. And the crop is more seeds. You spot that? They're going to join the sower in spreading the seeds and talking about Jesus as they go on their way. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll all become full-time church workers or evangelists. But just as the seed naturally grows on the mature crop, so too the mature Christian will naturally produce those seeds. As they go around their lives, they will be talking to people about Jesus. It'll be natural. This is the fruitfulness that Jesus describes. And it's wonderful to see, isn't it? I think of the satisfaction that the farmer must have looking out on his fields when they're growing healthily, or for those of us with gardens looking out and seeing our strawberries coming up. And maybe that's just a tiny glimpse of how God feels when he sees mature Christians bearing crops in that way. Well, the message to these people is the same. Listen, because the key to fruitfulness is perseverance, and that comes through retaining God's word. Here's a science bit. The rate that we grow as Christians depends on uh, the amount of time and effort we put into listening to God's word. So if you want to grow faster as a Christian, you need to put more time, more investment into listening to God's word. And it will shape our habits, the things we listen to, the things we read, our conversations. Our Sundays and midweek meetings are a great place to start, aren't they? But if we're retaining God's word all through the week, you will need more than that. The summer uh, is particularly hard. So uh, let me commend again our Soul in the Summer um, bookstore resources at the back there. Not just books, um, some music as well. Things to help us to be retaining God's word through the summer. Uh, Or maybe it's more about being deliberate in our conversations. You know what it's like uh, after church or after home group over coffee. And it's really hard sometimes to just shift gear from talking about the weather to talking about Jesus. Well, why not find one other person that you really trust and commit together that you're going to do that, to shift gear together? Just some ideas. So those are four types of soil, and I wonder where you recognize yourselves in them, whether there's one particularly that's you or whether you identify with elements of of others, and I, I think we can do the latter. I think that's okay. In closing, 
I just want to steer us away from one danger. Because in this parable, we could come away with a, a sort of sense of helplessness. The parallel here is that we're the soil. Pretty humbling, I think. But soil is powerless, isn't it? The soil doesn't really do anything to change itself. So what are we to do? Well, we've uh, already seen that uh, listening is an active discipline. So we're not passive in this at all. But it's also important to see where agency lies in this passage. I wonder if you've noticed that as uh, we've been reading it through. Who's the protagonist? Who's the main character? Well, it's the seed, isn't it? It's the seed, God's word, that does all the growing and all the bearing fruit. And similarly, it's through listening to God's word that our soil is cultivated. God's word is his chosen method, his instrument of uh, cultivating us as soil, of changing lives. I want to take a slightly different image. This is from the book of Hebrews. I think the verse will appear up on the screen, which again is speaking about God's word and the way that it's alive and active. But this time it's not a seed. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the hearts. God's word is not just a seed, it's also a sword. It's active and incisive. And as we listen to God's word, as we engage with it, it can cut us to our hearts and it can uh, identify those defects in our soil, whether we're like uh, the rocky soil with shallow roots or the weedy soil with worries and riches and pleasures stunting our growth. And it also cultivates our desire to be like the good soil, We have a role to play in living it out, but it's important to see this is all initiated, it's all powered by God's word. So that's why we listen, why we really listen to Jesus' words, engage with them, and let them grow in us to fruition. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Why don't we pray together? Father, we praise you for the power of your word to transform us, to bring us to that maturity in Christ. Uh, We've seen the challenges of what that looks like, and it'll be different for each of us, but we pray that you'll be doing that work, helping us to retain the gospel message and to live it out day by day so that persevering, the gospel might bear fruit in our lives. Amen.